0: Welcome to The Gateway, your compass through the magical waters of spirit communication, broadcast live from United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM, New Orleans. I'm your host, C.L. Thomas. Tonight I am in Austin, Texas, and tomorrow I'm going to visit a special place. It's called, I think it's called Pericular Museum. It's a haunted museum here, and one of my friends runs it. And so tomorrow night I plan on going over there to, to get a private viewing of his haunted objects. It should be really fun. So I have some sad news for tonight. I had a special guest, Raven Wolf. Um, Unfortunately, she couldn't make it tonight. So I have another guest. Her name is Michelle DeRochers. And we are going to talk about some haunted paranormal locations and why are we drawn to such locations. So Michelle, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm a little stressed tonight, but, you know. (laughs) not good to be stressed for a few minutes before your show starts. That's for sure. Well, the stress started actually at 3 a.m. this morning with trying to get on a plane and just one thing after another was happening. And here I am in Austin putting together this show and, yeah, it's going to be good, right? You know it's going to be fantastic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know why, but, you know all oh, good. But thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you for filling in. Oh, so,
1: no problem.
0: You know everything about the paranormal. You've been in it for a really long time. And you run your own show. You've been on television. you just done it all, right? Yes. I, I've been very
1: fortunate um, in this field. I mean, know everything. I don't think We ever know everything in this field because (laughs) it changes so much. And I think everything varies based on situation, location, you know, history, the people who are involved, the spirits that are involved. Um, But it's a learning experience and it's a journey that just continues.
0: Let me rephrase that. Okay. So you know everything that we know in this field today. Okay, we can go with that.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm pretty versed in a lot of things, I guess. Um, only because I completely believe in learning, and I remember meeting Lorraine Warren one time, and her saying to me, and it's always something that stuck with me, you know. And it was a matter of just goes keep learning. We're all students. We will always be students. Never stop learning. And I've always made it a point of learning something every single day pertaining to many different fields. And it's just what keeps it exciting and it keeps us evolving.
0: It kind of blows the expert thing, I guess, kind of out of the water to me because I feel like this field changes so much. I just -hmm. don't feel like anybody can be an expert at one thing in this field because of the way it changes. I don't know.
1: percent 10 times plus (laughs) i don't believe in experts i think media labels people as experts um i've been called an expert and i've tried graciously to to back out of that and say no 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 you know but it's a it's a creative control thing and you tend to become labeled
0: right um,
1: when you you do things like that so no not an expert never pretend to be an expert Uh, You'll always hear me say I'm a student. And that's that's a good way to
0: look at it, you know. Well, how did you even get started in this in the first place? What's your story?
1: Um, For me, um, I've always had paranormal experiences. I come from a family of mediums. Uh, It's been going on for, you know, my first earlier recollections I was probably, I don't know, three, four-ish, and seeing spirits. And I was very fortunate because it was never deterred in me. It's really difficult as a child if you don't have anybody that believes you because I feel like that's where, you know, kids tend to get in trouble, right? They're afraid to Mm -hmm. talk. So I didn't have that. My mom was really great. Um, because her family saw stuff and they had experiences forever. My father never talked about it until later on in life. He says, Oh, yes, I've had experiences. Well, thanks for that, making me feel like it was always the house settling. But you know, <laughs> it's just <laughs> but um so I was seeing a lot of different things early on. My mom would show me pictures, you know, of, of family members that have passed away, and, and I would be able to say, Oh, yes you know, this is who the man I saw, for example. Um, so it snowballed from that point on because I I had abilities and because it was not deterred to me, I was able to grow with it and ended up with, you know, all kinds of things that came in. It's very malevolent, you know, something came in. But now in hindsight and all my my wisdom and learning – um, I think that some of that could even have been um, you know et experiences as I've learned oh, I've wow. they, they go hand in hand. and uh, a lot of those paranormal experiences I can sort of look at, okay, so this could have been extraterrestrial because a lot of a lot of experiences in my family with that, definitely something paranormal. And it could be me going through puberty. part of it is just projecting a heck of a lot of energy. Ouch! And just wreaking havoc on the household.
0: And that's like a that's like a famous paranormal thing: a teenage girl going through pu- puberty, calling up spiritual activity. Why do you think that is? Um, I think it's
1: because, especially for females, we're such emotional creatures, <laughs> and we tend to be like our emotions sort of run amok. And I feel that can attract things to that sort of energy women going through menopause actually have have reported some of the same sort of activity so my daughter went through it and she would say okay you know what like there's stuff going on in the house I'm going stop it I know if we had something in the house it's you (laughs) stop it and she'd move all kinds of things like you know statues would move around on the table and things like that like very heavy things it'd be just like you know so i know when we project our energy like psychokinesis we project that out we're very powerful mm-hmm. and i think sometimes it's hard for people to give themselves credit enough to think that we are powerful individuals that can create mm-hmm. incredible activity you know sometimes it's easier to think that there's something really malevolent there or something very right. powerful that's taking control
0: of your space right <clears throat> And it's really we have to learn to control our own emotions and things like that. but Absolutely. when you were when you were a kid, I had a lot of similar experiences growing up too. I was able to um, I, I was seeing grandparents and things like that. They would show me pictures and I was able to tell who it was and you know, just different things happened throughout my life. But there was a period in high school where I kind of just, set it aside because I was focused on education and other things. Did that happen to you at some point and then you went right back to it? Um,
1: <clears throat> I kind of thought it was pretty cool and in the early ages, like, you know, you're this preteen and things are happening and you're trying to be all brave. (laughs) I was a pretty fearless kid and I was a real dumb kid too. So I don't know which one (laughs) came first, but you know, I'd have friends come over and all this stuff would happen to be, yeah, you know, (laughs) I live here. Yes. But, um, I got away from it. Um, I think I was finally able to get a handle on the more malevolent stuff. I just went on with my life you know -hmm. I had a government job which you know people were just like what you work for the government yeah I did yeah you (laughs) know so you have to be normal you don't want it can't be a weirdo working for the government (laughs) and um you know it has to be like a a, a weirdo incognito you have to be hide and keep that stuff private but yeah
0: that's kind of Um, what I do now but I don't work for the government (laughs) (laughs)
1: But <laughs> you still got to keep the weirdness at bay. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, you know, I did. I went on and, and I had got married at the time and, and I did not like the mix of the, the thought of mixing the paranormal and having kids. And I had children and I didn't like that. So I shut everything down completely and always being aware of what's going on within my space. But I didn't really bank on my kids being like, like seeing everything and being so oh, I gifted. Ask you that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was crazy because they would see this little boy jumping off. I had this big antique trunk in, in one area of the upstairs hallway. There's a you know big upstairs and there's like, oh, this little boy keeps jumping off this trunk. I'm like, and I'm thinking there's no kid here. <laughs> I'm counting one, two, three. Oh mine! don't know where this kid is. I could not for the life of me tap into this. Like I'm thinking, there's no way we're haunted, you know? But I mean, I don't know. Is it a dimensional thing? Is It was a house that we built. So, you know, land, yes. We we found out at one time, it was all uh, property that belonged to a farm that had subdivided everything. So like, okay, I suppose it's possible something came in and out. But the house proved to be super busy and I'm sure you know the kids being gifted you know made him aware of things and things were aware of them I also know that there was extraterrestrial activity there as well because of things that they went on to tell me as adults oh yeah that happened you know I I have like my son going oh yeah something tried to pull me through a window one night okay what and I'm only finding this about this now and you're what 30 what the hell's wrong with you (laughs) You know, you feel like the worst parrot in the world. So that was, that was difficult.
0: So switch on. Bart Sharp has a question where goes attached to you as a preteen. Bart. Bart is another
1: host on our network, by the way. Um, Yes. Bart. Bart is
0: in Austin, Texas. CL's there. This oh, hey, I'm I'm your neighbor right now.
1: There you go, Bart. <laughs> you guys gotta connect. <laughs> Bart spends time in the south of France and does a lot of tours there as well. And uh yeah, very, 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 very nice guy. You, you should connect while you're there. Hey, you Bart, something.
0: send me an That's email true. tomorrow. Send me an email. I need a haunted tour. Okay, Bart, I'm going to send you uh CL's
1: email. <laughs> anyway cool neighbor (laughs) yes uh things were definitely um attached to me preaching i i think that when you can see children are like little beacons i've you know from a lot of children i've worked with they're just little beacons like spirits are drawn to their light but unfortunately spirits will come to people who they know can see them for assistance and children don't know how to assist they don't think you know, yeah. when you're little, it's hard to make the spirit understand that no, they're not going to help you. They can't help no. you.
0: Right? No, that's true. Yeah. It's, it's tough. So it's interesting. Um, when you were seeing ETs, how did you make that distinction? It's
1: strange. I don't have, oh, I didn't get start getting memories of um, the ET stuff until literally a few years ago. But my mother would say to me, you used to sit there and go outside and stare at the sky all the time. I still do that. I'm, I'm funny like that. But I was always drawn to it. And she'd say, your grandfather uh, had a telescope. And he would always sit outside. And we'd see UFOs all the time. And my father who never said anything about anything. goes, oh, yeah, yeah, we'd see UFOs all the time. My grandparents had an island up north And it was very, very secluded up there. And they would see all kinds of things. I have no doubt that they were contactees for sure. But um, my mother started telling me about experiences she had. And now that I'm more versed and I know what to look for with ET contact and, you know, abductions sort of thing, uh, I know that's what was happening to me. And right into literally 10 years ago, I remember being in my home at that time two three o'clock in the morning and the whole house would start shaking and i could hear this droning sound coming over and it almost sounded muffled it's very difficult to explain and even at that point it still didn't clue in and then i one night i just went i wonder because there was no planes flying like we didn't have planes flying over the house to start with. So why would a plane be at three o'clock in the morning coming over the house and just sitting there? Then we started seeing weird black vans and stuff. Like, that's just crazy stuff, honestly. But I was one street away from an area that was called UFO Lookout. I don't know, things are cluing in now. (laughs) I should (laughs) have clued in then. (laughs)
0: Hmm. You know? This sounds very. There's a story in Vegas. Um, there's a family that reported an alien landed in their backyard. It, it was national news and happened um, around Christmas or maybe just before Christmas. Hmm. I can't remember I exactly when. That. Yeah, and so it's it's a young boy claims, um, and the kid's a teenager. It's not like a young kid. He's right. like a teenage, um, and the whole family believes this too they're they're all backing him up on this and they got a lot of flack in the media about oh it's fake it's this it's that whatever but the um the police here are actually supporting him or in las vegas they're supporting the story and and the reports are coming back Um, the family's staying strong that all of this actually happened and in those reports if you read through the stories they do talk about like a humming sound
1: see and and we would hear that all the time at the one house and then our last house which was an old manor house uh, and we were up and we had a tower in this house everything and you could just hear it come in and then all of a sudden you have something would come over the house and you look up and you just can't really see anything but darkness and you have this sense of um again that muffled sound with a very low humming it was weird it was just crazy but again you know that house had all kinds of uh, it was a haunted house to start with and it's been on TV and you know we had people film there all the time I've filmed there you know often and never disappointed but as far as extraterrestrial stuff it's been there before but when I moved in and decided okay I'm okay with I'm okay with contact. Cause I started having these little memories, you know, and then just through working and, and researching, I became a little bit more comfortable. And all of a sudden all the all crazy stuff was happening all the time. All the time. Wayne,
0: Wayne Mallow says that he's heard that humming noise as well. Yeah. We that live is- in the
1: same house. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it was crazy. It's true because he was having experiences there before I moved there and he said it was crazy see it passed right over me in the dark travel from north to south but couldn't see anything so he could see it was like see through but just sort of this pulsating like a translucent yes film or something yes hmm. and we saw a being like that one time when we came back from filming and we were driving along the river and then all of a sudden something like the size of a deer, ended up going over the roadway. It was taller than the stop sign. And they're, what, eight feet off the ground? Those, like, ten 10 feet? They're high. And um, it was an iridescent. It was just like this shimmering paper bag or a uh, plastic bag. So we stopped. We, we went back. And we couldn't see anything. And where we were along the river, it's a 450-foot drop. So the deer would have nowhere to run to pick up speed. You know, it was dark, 8 o'clock at night in the wintertime. So could it have been an owl? Well, unless owls start shimmering.
0: Oh, yeah, not they're not
1: translucent, not, though. You no, know, they're not <laughs> translucent <laughs> at all. So and we, we're just kind of sitting there. Nobody wants to be that guy. You know, so he are just sitting there quiet. And he goes, okay, did you see that? Thank God. <laughs> And I had to talk about it, but I was not going to be the one to say it first. So, yes, it was crazy. And from that point on, things are happening all the time in the house.
0: You know, um, come to think of it, have you ever heard of Lee Hample? He's the guy who owns a farm. I think it's in Wisconsin. And he's always talking about there's deer mutilations and things like that. I'm actually interviewing him for another show. Excellent. Um, But he says that there's an eight-foot translucent being that he sees. Like, he'll see right through it, and there's, like, orange pulsating lights on the property. And that's very similar to what's happened with um, Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. Very similar.
1: And Stardust Ranch, I believe, also big on um, alien activity. They're out there. I mean, they sound like the light beings are very tall and we've had them in the house uh, very heavy-footed considering that they're supposed to just be able to glide some of them are very noisy but Mm. be curious be curious love to see that show because i'm sure it's very interesting i love to hear stories from other contactees because it just helps you put together the pieces of the puzzle
0: yeah and it's very
1: connected to the paranormal very connected
0: I'm going to definitely have to get him on the gateway as well. But his his story is incredible. He talks about, um, and he's got photos of this stuff. um, actual like deer mutilations and all kinds of stuff is happening on, it's like Skinwalker Ranch in Wisconsin. Wow.
1: That is crazy. Wow. I love it. I'll make sure I have, I'll tune in, even if I'm driving. (laughs) I'll listen.
0: (laughs) You mentioned that there's stuff that you look for. To determine if it's a contact or not what what are what's your list what's the criteria um, oh with with et mm-hmm. um
1: it's tough because it's so similar to the paranormal which is why i think maybe i didn't recognize it early on people will affiliate sulfur smells with malevolent entities for example it's the same thing with, with extraterrestrials uh sleep paralysis You know, in the paranormal, we call it the hag syndrome, you know, the pushing on the chest, uh, that also happens in the uh, contact. It's a a big sign. People get that sense of being watched all the time. Buzzing sounds, the static electricity, uh, popping sounds. There's just stuff that can be attributed to either one. So first time, you know, there was ever an experience in the house, it was a huge flash of light. That came way up on, like, this was like this the top floor next to the tower. And there was nothing across the street but a church. And we were lined up with the roof of the church. Like, there's no way car headlights. I mean, I'm logical. I look at all of that. And no way. So this thing, this light came in. I'm wide awake and it went into the adjacent ensuite, hit the mirror, bounced back out. It sat there going, What the hell was that? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, you give your head a shake and I I go to the window. I don't see anything. I was like, okay, okay. But it was all in line maybe a week or two later uh, for me saying, okay, okay, I, I think I'm comfortable with this. Because I've had nights where there were things, like I felt hands on my head. You know, and then you just I, I always joke and say, you know, you just wake up more brilliant. But it, it felt like a download because there was I just found myself being drawn to certain research. <laughs> but it does sound more fun to say I just woke up more brilliant. But
0: it, I maybe do, you're, you're, your head can be like a like a ball of some sort, like a crystal ball.
1: Oh, yeah. I think, I think they try to take information as much as give it. You know, I'm just sort of like, oh, yeah, his scalp massage would have been good, but anyway, I took the info and uh, and it's funny because you know um, Amelia, being a remote viewer, she goes, oh, I see this happening from this wall. I'm like, yeah, where my head goes at night, that's what that wall is. <laughs> so it was interesting, but um, you know, so there was a lot of validations with that. And then one night, not long after that, I was settling in to go to sleep. And I'm just lying there getting, just getting comfortable and it's pitch black. And, but there's a light that, that comes through, you know, the window, the curtains is just, they're not like, it's like more of a sheer. It was, it was warm as the summer so I had the shears open and the window open. And I look and there's a gray and I'm, and I mean, it was close enough. I could touch it and I could see it. And I'm, I just looked at it and went, nope. And I just rolled over. (laughs) Not tonight. (laughs) Not tonight. I have a headache. No, I just said nope. And in my mind, I'm going, I'm just not feeling this tonight. And it started being like this. And I would have other contactee friends say, just they're very respectful. If you don't want to, don't worry about it. You know, but just you have to just look at them and say something. I said, I did. I said, nope. And that was the end of it. But after that, I could feel them coming into the room and I could I could hear shuffling around. And it's hard, you're in a haunted house, it's notor- notoriously haunted. You know, all kinds of people have stayed there and have had incredible experiences. So you start questioning, what am I really hearing? But then I just finally said, okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm just gonna fall asleep first. <laughs> then I don't really care. So, and that's pretty much how I left it.
0: i know i'm I'm a peculiar one but you know everybody in the paranormal world is so if you really look at it and you know it's so weird how paranormal people tend to find each other yes for whatever reason we always find it i could be at a convention with a thousand people at it and that one person that can see ghosts will gravitate toward me and then, you know, and I don't even talk about stuff at work at all. Right, And we'll find ourselves talking about it just out you of the do. blue. It, it's I think like, we just imagine. made that off a of vibe. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's <laughs> so weird. But on the flip side too, why are we so drawn to these haunted houses and, and places? Oh boy.
1: I think you can look at that from two different standpoints. I mean, for those of us, who research it, we want that experience. Everybody's looking for the, you know, the million dollar experience. Is it is it a fear factor or you know, it's a bit of a rush, maybe if you have that experience. For me, it's just like question everything. So, you know, if I can come up with something that leaves me being able to further research, I'm excited because there's nothing definitive. <laughs> That's for sure. Right. You know, I don't think there's anything really definitive where you could definitively say this is a ghost or this is, you know, whatever the case may be. So being able to research is cool. But let's say you're somebody who has never had an experience. You're not a researcher. I find they just want the experience. Like... That's why I think places have all of these big tour groups that you can go to ghost walks Mm -hmm. or haunted locations, having big events. You're there, you're, you're with a whole bunch of other people of like mind who are there trying to experience the same thing with you. Like I will only stay in haunted places. When I travel, I've traveled many incredible parts of the world and I want an old place of possible. I want the experience. I feel comfortable in in places that are are haunted why i don't even have an explanation i've stayed in places that i didn't think were haunted and i wake up to something whispering my
0: name Yeah, that's happened like, mm-hmm. right it seems so, to be the places that you least expect to sometimes so yes, no, like to stay hotel, yeah, like a new state hotel right you don't expect right. anything to be there
1: <laughs> but
0: yeah Sometimes the most haunted place that you can ever go to is not on the paranormal radar. That's true. For everyone out there. It's true.
1: <laughs> but I mean, if you think about it, we share space of the whole other, other, all these other dimensions. So our things just, as Joe would say, paranormal dimensional bleed through. <laughs> I used to always razz them as like, dimensional bleed through. I like, I am so tired. of do it. <laughs> but I have to give it to him because it's definitely a very strong possibility that it is. is. could be happening. Right. And I, I think people are quick to jump to something that is more supernatural as opposed to something that's maybe more quantum or metaphysical. Like there's, there's so many, even looking to ourselves for activity creation, like, you know, I mean, your your psychokinesis you can create footsteps you can create doors opening and closing you can do Mm -hmm. all of that then there are other things that defy explanation we had a film crew filming a show at the manor house we had and there were coins coming from the ceiling never dropped coins for us we're like what the hell is that we've never seen this ever (laughs) you know they they caught it on camera coming down mid-air
0: that sounds like like, a bell witch thing Right. That's exactly what happened with the Bell Witch.
1: So, well, you know what? Amp it up to silver dollars or something. I don't know. I'm mean, dropping <laughs> dimes. Come on now. You can do better than that. But you know, but it was it was an experience again, though. We we were like, okay, we can't we have no explanation for that because we've never experienced anything like that. So, what where does that come from? Sounds a bit like, you know, like the the Philip experiment. Yeah. <laughs> so, like it a, does. I don't know, but it never happened after that. Now there was a very gifted medium that, that was uh, on the show that they were filming. It wasn't one of my shows by any means. So he really gifted. We're friends to this day. So I don't know if it was something that he was projecting or maybe the spirits were trying to get his attention, throwing him a couple of shekels. I just, I don't know, but it never happened before. And it never happened since.
0: So, there is one place that you've been to that I wanted to ask you about and it's the most haunted forest in the world.
1: Oh, and you oh, spent
0: oh. some time there.
1: I did. Hoya Batu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the haunted forest of Romania. It, uh, it did bump up to the most haunted forest in the world. You've also been. So it's I nice have, to be yes. able to communicate to someone who knows exactly what I'm talking about. You could visualize it. And, um, I mean, we spent a bit of time in Romania and we went through there. It was a night of a supermoon. Everybody kept saying, oh, you just want to go and get the energy from the supermoon? I'm like, no, I just want to get my ass out of there. i two o'clock in the morning. And I want to see my way four kilometers down the mountain, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but anyway, it, it was always a good chuckle. And it did. That, that supermoon lit up the entire circle that was on the very oh. top of this mountain. And it was just like somebody switched the lights on. Uh, We got there earlier in the day and, you know, I had a little nap out in the circle because I just wanted to just get a sense for what was there. It's very quiet and we're sure we saw a spirit and a a cart, a man in a cart, old cart and horses go by and we were looking and, and, you know, he's looking at me. I'm looking at him. I'm going, I'm just going to walk up to him and poke him. I just do that, and then just I just want to make sure you were real. I figured I could get away with it, but he wasn't smiling. He was a bit gruff, so we was just we were looking at him, kind of going, okay. But as he drove away, we we got up and we looked to see where he was going because we were curious to see if there was a homestead up there, anything. And he was just gone. Was like, he just disappeared.
0: And, and that's, just gone. that's what happens up there. Is yes, things yes. just will appear and then they disappear just like that. They do, they do. And I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't
1: want to know enough, or a lot about the forest when we went. Uh, I, I studied it more afterwards and found out it was, you know, their Bermuda Triangle and that it was under a no-fly zone. Even though the airport was close by, they could not go over the mountain. You heard this constant. Did you hear that droning sound that mm-hmm. was continuously mean, yeah, going? Yeah, that vibration,
0: yes. Oh, my God. Can we,
1: can we say vortex, portal, something? And I come to learn that, that you know, working and learning about ley lines and vortexes natural vortexes uh that the trees will react a certain way and get all crooked and bent out of shape and that energy and that vibration the frequency all of it makes them react and they just get all crooked and the power spots will do that um to trees and such plants and you know so anyway it, it was crazy there was a lot of things that happened that night and it, I mean, it's it would be a whole show just to talk about everything. I mean, I think I sent you the information for your perusal just to yeah. look at and go, Jesus, yes. you know, that is the most detailed I had ever done because I had to give literally play by play. Like I almost had to put it in script form. And a lot came back that, that when I was doing that. But it had a long reach. And the gist of it was, you know, all kinds of things happened in that forest that night. And it started very early on during the day. I had, you know, my friends are also my teammates. So and she's Romanian and she's out there and she, you know, she goes, I'm just going to go around. I'm going to do these recordings. I'm like, okay, just might want to watch that corner because there's something going on. It's festering in the back. She goes, okay. So all of a sudden <laughs> she's now she's going, yeah, it feels very heavy here. And Melissa <laughs> and I are going, oh, yeah. and it does, this tree is behind her. And I mean, this is about this big around. We're not not a big guy, but it was still, it would take a lot of force to bend it. And you could hear it cracking a little bit. And it's bending slowly. And we're like, (laughs) stop. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) And she was with this friend of hers at the time, was super skeptical. And all of a sudden this tree snapped back up and you could hear it whipping up with the leaves in it. And she's just like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, it was just things like this. It was obvious things, but you know, we lost, we didn't bring a lot of equipment coming the other side of the world. It was not our intention full on over there, but you know, one of the girls had like an iPhone 14 and at the time or an iPhone four at the time. And, Everything died except that stupid phone. And we had a little hack shack just doing, you know, like what ghost boxing was happening. And it goes, Vlad the torturer. It's going all kinds of things. We know he's traveled through the area. All kinds of stuff started coming up. Then we started hearing ballroom music and stuff. We're kind of like, okay, you're on the top of a mountain. We have no other reception at all. Like there's nothing coming through this thing at all, except for this moment of communication. All of a sudden this big growl comes through and I think Adriana might have got salty with it. So then, then it's something, something growled again, and then the skeptical guy, you know, what's good when this the skeptical guy who turns around <laughs> and says, "I don't think that's supposed to happen." So we turned around. Now, whether this actually happened or we were just given the illusion that it was happening something was happening and it looked as though something very large was walking over a, the tree line or a big wave of energy was coming over the tree line because the trees were starting to bend down and there was it was only in the one area there was no wind it was a hot july and middle of july night dead calm and then the box says Go now, run. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I'm not going to run because I don't really do that. But I, you realize you're out of your element, and you don't know what's coming down over that tree line. And you know, I gracefully made my exit. We left, and something was on our heels the entire time. You can hear something walking, and in on the crushed leaves beside us, and. You could just hear it. And when we got to this new state-of-the-art hotel, everything continued. And it ended up, the the girls ended up with a lot of problems, like once, like up to two months when they were home.
0: I was fine. When I I was was there, I I was there with a group of 10 people and it was just a few days before Thanksgiving. So it was really cold. Um, We went up there in the middle of the night and we stayed until I think it was two, three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And um the fog was so thick in front of you. We could it was not a clear night. There was no moon. That fog though was so thick. I swear there was apparitions that you know, like faces. We kept seeing faces just oh, appear wow. and then be gone. It was wow. crazy.
1: Did you have a lot of cool experiences though? Like did you
0: one of the things that happened, um, and the vibration, yeah, because um typically when I sense any kind of spirits or anything. I get a ringing in my ear. This was different. It was like a vibration in both ears, and it was giving me the worst headache the whole time. It was oh, wow. making me just really disoriented. Um, one of the things that happened, we did catch growling. The equipment did die, um, all of the equipment, even the flashlights. I had a, it could have been ectoplasm, Catherine. Um, it very well could have been, but. Yeah, at that place, I can't even like talk about it to this day. It's just really? one of those things that grabbed ah. me. I tried to take a rock from it; the rock disappeared. It's just gone. I had it in my pocket when I got back to that. Oh, I'll send you one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've got soil. I've got. Um, I've got all kinds of stuff from there. Part of the trees, branches. Oh, you took part of the trees? Dang, straight I did. <laughs> <laughs> of course I did. It's me. I didn't go all that way for nothing. <laughs> no, I well, usually you, tend to I take soil from everywhere I go.
0: One of stuff. the things I did see was um, you know, there's a lot of witches that live in that area and they yes, practice yes. in those in that forest. I kept seeing their um their altar stuff everywhere.
1: Yes, yes. We saw it was everywhere. We saw it like fire pits and things like that. Mm-hmm. You could see where they were. Yeah, I think you have to have a healthy respect for it. It commands it from you mm-hmm. and, and fool yourself and think that you can go in there and conquer this place. You really, you can't yeah. people feeling yeah. the feeling of disorientation is, is a real big one there. People see UFOs over t- all the time. Uh, residents there have captured um, UFOs over it and balls of light, uh, because, I mean, it's handy with Adriana being Romanian, so she she grew up, you know, so they're very communicative with her. And that's what I found interesting about the box, is that they were speaking in Romanian, and I said, can you please speak in English, because I don't understand. Even though she was translating, and then they went da, with a "da," which is yes, and then they said yes. So it, it, it makes you realize that there's not really much of a language barrier, because, you know, or someone came through, stepped in and said... Yes, you know, and communicating. And that's when it started communicating in English. But it does command a lot of respect. I love the place. <laughs> but <laughs> I I had just, like, I like really haunted places. So I went in with a whole lot of respect. And I gave that respect to the spirits who were trying to assist us. to say, like, go now, run, just go. You know, because they've been trying to warn us going through a little bit a couple of little messages have come out and um out of respect for their assistance you know I said no that's fine we'll we'll go and boy (laughs) the walk down was a heck of a lot faster than the walk up (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) but I did not expect them to have such a long reach you know like the hotel was just beautiful, state-of-the-art hotel. You go in, you can't even turn lights on unless you put your card in the wall. Everything Mm -hmm. goes up. I mean, it was brand new, but you could see the forest from there, and there were so many things going on. I mean, two shows were made about about our experiences there, one being the forest itself, and the one being everything that happened in in the hotel room that night because there were two different rooms, two different floors. We were all experiencing things, and literally... The stuff that went on with them, the other side of the world, you know, they gave away a rock as a memento to someone who wanted one, and that person ended up having a lot of problems.
0: Really? See, I was <laughs> wondering about that. If you know, it's funny because when I picked up the rock, um, one of the guys I was with, it was James Anito of all people, he goes, Yeah, you shouldn't take that rock.
1: Right. Yeah. Don't do that. No, I know. (laughs)
0: Adriana got salty, you know,
1: with this thing. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, I don't think you should have done that at all. And yeah, but no, (laughs) some things, I mean, I've got all kinds of it. I've got all kinds of like, I bring back stuff from everywhere and I've got quite a bit from there and I've never had any issues at all.
0: I have a piece of the floor from Corbin castle. And me it's too. very active. It's um, <laughs> me too. I thought it was a rock, and I, you know, we were there for a night investigation. Um, yep. oh. found a rock out in the, you know, how they have that courtyard in the yes. middle. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: we, I, and it was like I heard a spear in my ear. It looked down, there it was. I picked it up, put it in my pocket. It's and, a gift. Uh, oh yeah, right. Um, when I got home, I realized it's actually a square piece of marble. It's it's perfectly square. It's a little bit broken on the bottom, Mm -hmm. but I have had this thing in a circle of salt and that salt has moved around it, like spiraled around (laughs) it. I have it on video. It's (coughs) it's an active piece, but that's another place. It's Corbin castle. That place is very active.
1: It is very active. And I think part of that is, is due to the people that were doing ceremonies down in, in the, the crypt area. You know they were conjuring things up, and for what, whatever reasons, you know somebody wave in the wayback machine who was working there as caretaker allowed these people to come in and perform these ceremonies. I don't think that helped. Let's put it that way. You know, the thing already had its fair share of uh, its fair share of uh, hauntings to start with. I think that just made it a bit on the more
0: malevolent side. Foxy Joe says, where is Corbin Castle? I'm going to let you answer that. Oh, <laughs> that, that is
1: an, um, oh, why am I drawing a brain fart? It's, some people will know it as, what's um, like, it's, it's so oh, I am drawing a blank. I'm going to, I'm going to actually, I'm going to do that. That
0: Hondu guy, what is his name? Uh, yeah, um, here, here it is. It,
1: it's actually called, it is Corvin Castle, also known as a Hunyande castle, not, but it's Your in Hunyora. Yeah. It's in it's Let me, I'm going to put up a picture, okay? So give me one moment. Uh, save the image. I want you guys to see what we are talking about here. So let me see if I can go grab it and show it to you guys.
0: This uh, castle and if you ever get a chance to go to Romania, make sure you get to this castle.
1: Oh my and God. They'll they'll recognize it. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm put, I'm gonna put it up now.
0: Okay. The basement she's referring to has um it's actually engraved in the wall of this the stretching wheel. And it's a wheel where they would um torment people. Yes. Like prisoners and stuff. Yes.
1: It's beautiful though. Uh, I mean, you come in right in and off this this bridge over here. I guess I'm. A, I don't know if they can see it from here, but they come in right off of here, and it's 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 stunning. I've got if I would have been more prepared for this, I would have had pictures up to show you guys. Uh, but it is it's it's just incredible. There are places like this all over the world, and you know that's part of the fun of traveling to these incredible ancient places it's just you you immerse yourself in the history and i don't think i've ever been any place you know overseas that i haven't had some kind of an experience whether it's just walking around a little bit of tapping i mean there's 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 something but then again i purposely go to these places even places i did not expect to have an experience has been a surprise but pennsylvania is incredible
0: yeah, I what are you talking about, Foxy Joe? What's the angry? Um, Pennsylvania has some of the most haunted places in America.
1: Pennsylvania is inc- it's one; it's probably one of my most favorite <laughs> states
0: for that. I know, I know. It's. Uh, I grew up there in Pittsburgh. So, have you gone to the Knickerbocker Hotel? I have. Yes,
1: <laughs> very, very dear friend owns it.
0: Really, like
1: very dear friend. I've been there many times um, on a more social level. And my, 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 one of the first nights I was there with my friend, Adriana, my Romanian friend. So we're staying in one room up in one of the apartments, right? You know, the one up on the second floor, there's an Mm -hmm. apartment to the right. And I get up in the morning, like, first off, we were hearing things all night, like bang, 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 bang. I'm like, what the heck is that? Well, I found out the closet across the hall from that room used to be the honeymoon suite. (sighs) So I'll leave that right there because this is a family show, <laughs> but anyway, yes, so there was that, and the next no, morning. were weren't getting it on, were they? <laughs> yes, I'm thinking so, because it was a bam, 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 I'm going, this is ridiculous, right across from the door, so anyway, I was like, okay, and she goes, well, that was the old honeymoon suite, it's been renovated, I'm like, well, somebody didn't get the memo, anyhow, um, so I got up early the next morning, and I, I went downstairs to have a tea, with Peg and uh, Adriana comes in and she goes, why would you just leave the chair in the middle of the, like, this is remember morning time, right? In the middle of the room for me to trip over. I'm like, why would you think I would do that first off? No, I did not do that. Something or someone had pulled the chair up and put it on a, in like facing the corner of the bed. So like it was just sitting there watching her. Because there's a place right onto the corner of the bed. So I'm like, I, as much as think it's a great idea, cannot take the credit for it. <laughs> so that was that. That's another place that, that delivers. I've never been there without an, an experience happening.
0: Well, Pennsylvania has a lot of little pockets everywhere. Just because a place isn't in Europe doesn't mean it's not haunted. I'm just going to throw that out there. But uh-huh. you're, I mean... Europe is every time I go there, I come back just a completely different person. It seems like. It's true. I don't it's know. But I think if there's just
1: the energy there is different. It's old. If you're a lo- I like, if you are a lover of history and architecture and culture, and I'm all of those things to me, the paranormal is just a very small part of all of that. I don't go on vacations mm-hmm. to do research. I think, you know, Romania, we had fun with, um, Many of the parts of the world I travel to is because I'm drawn to those places in the first place. So if you're drawn there, there has to be something more to start with, at least for me, I always say I leave a piece of myself everywhere I go. I love being in the mountains. I spent time in the Carpathians. I loved being there. I love mountains. Must have been like a mountain man or something. <laughs> I love the mountains, people. And and I did the same when I was in Scotland, spent time in the Highlands. And uh, when I was in the south of France, I was like in, uh, so close to the Pyrenees, so close, but just not enough time, you know? So I think you just have to follow you know, I say follow your heart, but follow that urge to be in a specific place. When I go to the U.S., I've been to many places in the U.S., Pennsylvania is still by far
0: one of my most favorite states, if not my most favorite. It's very pretty. And she said she's seven hours northeast of Pittsburgh. That's over, I think, Philly Philly side, more north. I've been to
1: Philly, yeah. I've not been to Pittsburgh, but yeah, I think it's way down there.
0: So Pittsburgh and Philly, they're totally opposite of each other they're like two different countries kind of battling out for the state it's it's kind of ridiculous yeah, right. they <laughs> right. even have their own football teams but right both of them are equally they they both have just a unique history in hauntings mm-hmm. it's all over the place there you can't get away from it it's it's everywhere it's in the farms it's mm-hmm. in most yeah. of the universities um i went to school at just- indiana no. university do you think it's because it was one of the first states to really settle? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of revolutionary stuff that's left over there. Right. No. right. Yeah. Right. I love it.
1: I, I came back with two headstones from uh, Pennsylvania. I bought no. them from an, an antique store. I didn't go pilfering, I promise. No, I, I was at <laughs> an antique store. And he bought them at an auction. Uh, So you know how back in the day, I mean, no matter Canada, U.S., it didn't really matter, but usually you were born on the land, you were buried on the land, the land sustained you, it was all about the land. Families, you know, you lived, you were born, you lived, you died, you were buried Mm -hmm. on the land. And then I guess what happened was they must have subdivided the farm from what he was told or the area a lot of cemeteries get relocated and not always properly so mm-hmm. i had people doing research on the headstones and one they're trying to locate even now and this has been a few years now so long gone and, and you can't necessarily see everything but one was a soldier from gettysburg but the headstone was just a representation something to give the family because the young man apparently was, it was like a, you know, it was just like they, they just blew up the area that they were in. And there's a big, there's a part of a big monument there for their division, but there was nothing to retrieve. So the family got this and it got left behind. And, and you just feel like you have to take care of certain things, like because you just don't know what's going to happen to it. It's almost a really nice condition. Like I don't even know how long that they they had it in the ground if at all so we're trying to again you know I have friends in Pennsylvania trying to find the families of these people and so far it's not had any luck wow but they're stored they're safe because you don't want to see something that's a historical thing for me whether it was used for an actual burial or not like they wanted the family to have something for you know to commemorate like their loved one, right?
0: Right. I think that the other thing with Pennsylvania too, you have to respect the idea that, you know, it wasn't necessarily one of the starting cities, you know, it was more rural. So people coming from overseas, they were coming from Germany, they were coming from Ireland, and they were bringing all their own cultures. And then on top of that, you had Native American bands there. So you had all of these different and then you know the, the German. If, if you look up Appalachian witchcraft, there's a lot of that there too with the Pennsylvania Dutch. Yes, look that yes. up, Oxy Joe. You'll like that. It's oh really yes, yes, uh, yes. Right, all the way back to vampirism.
1: Some of the best vampire tales <laughs> yeah. come out of come out of the East Coast of of you know Canada and the United States because they just come in depending on mm-hmm. which part of Europe they came in from. But that's right. that's what makes it that much more fun. I mean, yeah. that's where some of the Halloween traditions came from—not pumpkins, but what were turnips? Turnips. <laughs> they don't make very nice pumpkins, but the idea was we we adopted it, and it was. And I'm glad, you know, it's a very cool part of Halloween.
0: It's very hard to carve them. I've tried. Have <laughs> you?
1: yeah yeah you're right they're not they're pretty thick skin for sure <laughs> but i love it though i love it i love all of those ancient traditions and you just see it in all the places that you visit you you see traces of it everywhere
0: michelle it's already nine o'clock
1: i know can you I it? believe it i know
0: <laughs> it's flew by and it would <laughs> oh so where can people find you and
1: follow you well, I mean, the best place to find me, I guess, is, is, I mean, I'm pretty much everywhere, but find me on Wednesday and Thursday night on the Outer Realm Radio right here on this network, 9 p.m. Eastern. And um, we have all kinds of cool guests. In fact, Ciel, that's how we know each other because she was a guest on our show. And um, that's pretty much all I'm doing now. I've retired from film. I've had a lot of people ask me about that. And I don't do it. I'll do the occasional documentary. And uh, that's it. I spend more time behind the scenes working on consultation for different things, which I really enjoy a lot more. Um, but I don't answer much on social media as I just I get over 100 messages a day there. I can't keep up with that. So I apologize in advance. I'm not being one of those people that just refuses to talk or connect with people. It's just hard with all the social media. So please email me and you can do that at Michelle droche yeah, Michelle contact at uh, gmail.com. That would be the easiest way.
0: All right. well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming in. And chatting with me on this hour. Um, for those listeners out there, please keep my guest, Raven Wolf, in your pr- in your thoughts and prayers. Um, she did have an emergency tonight, and she's apparently in the ER. So I just got a text message about that. So if you could, please work your good magic for her. <laughs> but in the meantime... <laughs> Michelle, thanks again. You've been listening to The Gateway, your portal to the unexplained, the mythical, and otherworldly broadcast live from the United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM, New Orleans. Find me online or on social media to find out the latest that I've been up to. Um, I'm releasing a new art show coming up. It'll be on my website at www.clthomas.org. Until next time.
1: Good night. Thanks for having me on. Nice meeting you all.